All right, listen up. We deny that the civil authorities have been granted lawful jurisdiction and authority over personal, familial, or public health. Ba-boom! That's article number 16, the first article in section 2 under the heading of application to medical mandates that we find in the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority. This is the Faith Debate. I'm Troy Skinner. Thanks so much for spending part of your Sunday morning with us. Or if you're listening later on podcast, thank you for spending whatever part of the day it is that you're spending with us. Daniel Razvi is here on the panel again, and he's excited. He's raring to go. Um, he pastors as part of a pastoring, a pastoring team, I guess, of, at a church in uh, Thurmont that uh, remains to be named later. Uh, but they do have a ministry that has a name. It's Conquered by Love Ministries online at conqueredbylove.org. David Forsey doesn't have a website. Doesn't really have a name for his church, although I've kind of playfully given it the uh, the multi-location church in the Potomac region. It's kind of a mouthful. Potomac region. Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm, I didn't maybe maybe the tri-state Potomac region. The tri-state. Po- Man, you're just adding more words. <laughs> I have like the. It's like the longest <laughs> church name ever. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you say if you say Potomac, the people are going to think there's, down near DC. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. There, there's there's no. <laughs> There's no time for the sermon at his church because by the time he welcomes everybody and, and introduces the name of his church, time's up. Time for some good eats now. Time for some food. Because you have food at his church every week. That's true. That, yeah. if, if that's not a selling point right there. Huh? Come hungry, leave happy. All right, so uh, we're in the uh, Warrington Declaration uh, the last couple of weeks. We're continuing now on week three, and we've been enjoying this one quite uh, a lot so far. And this last one... Uh, I think that this is the one that really kind of drove them to write the declaration, right? That last couple of words, public health. Did the government overreach on these public health matters or not? You know, and that is a subject for some debate. Maybe it's a subject for some faith debate. So what do you guys think about uh, Article Number 16? Civil authorities have been, uh, they deny that civil authorities have been granted lawful jurisdiction authority over personal, familial, or public health. There's no proof text on this one. I know. The next one, too, by the way. And actually, the preceding one we ended last week's show with, it's like three in a row. Like, what the heck? Proof text guy fell asleep. (laughs) I think think with this number 16, uh, that they deny that the civil authorities have lawful jurisdiction over personal, familial, or public health, I I think their point with no proof text is... There is no there is self-evident. No, there's no biblical merit for. <laughs> oh, gotcha. The biblical. They are going to use for the civil authorities. They are going to address to argue otherwise. Text. We'll be arguing from silence. Mm. Well, they are going to address the oft-cited proof texts in the next couple of sections, uh, and saying that they don't apply. And in so fairness, this is kind of uh, rabbit trailing off of some things they've said repeatedly, and there are ample proof texts for the the point that there are lanes that people just stay in jurisdictions to use their language. They've made those points and now they're just opening up section two with like this is the opening salvo. This is our thesis statement (laughs) kind of thing. We've already provided a zillion proof text. There's more to come. I I don't think that they're falling down the job. We're just being playful here. If you're a big fan of the Warrington Declaration, we're not picking on it here. At least I'm not. Yeah, I wonder if they'll, uh, maybe they will make a, Get more specific on what civil authority, uh, what jurisdiction civil authority actually has under God, right? Because it's uh, <clears throat> you know a lot of the a lot of the things listed earlier when they said civil authority, you know, they affirmed that civil authority has you know the right to punish 
punish wrongs and praise good. Uh, all, pretty much all of those things have to do with how people interact with one another, right? And so, and, and that's where a, a lot of people make the argument for the civil authority having uh, jurisdiction over public health is because it, you know, the the private choices that affect other people. If somebody has a contagious disease that is spread by saliva and they're running around town spitting on everyone, well, then the civil government has something to do with that because it's an assault with a deadly weapon at that point, right? You're, you're, you're spreading like Ebola virus or something by spitting on people. I don't know if that's how Ebola virus is spread or not. I have no idea. But let's just say. But if you're coughing and you're not wearing a mask, what's what's the difference, Troy? Well, okay. Are we, are we going to have that today? Because <laughs> no, I'm just. Yeah. They're, they're, they would say here, I think they'll probably get into it. I'm, yeah. I'm imagining. So maybe we should just read and see. But they're going to say that it's, it's a matter of, of uh, personal comportment, how one comports themselves and how they interact in society. And if, if we all will sometimes cough, and we're not intending any harm. There's no malicious intent in it. Sometimes people have to clear their throat. Sometimes yeah, like they're the sick person, and don't know it. Like the person that go the, would the, the viral TikTok or, or a YouTube challenge where they went into the grocery store and licked all the ice creams and put them back, right? It's, it's very disgusting. And that person was rightly caught and punished by the government because that's not only disgusting, but, but also could spread uh, <laughs> diseases, and it's intentional, right? So yeah. that type of thing, where you're intending to cause harm to somebody, it'd be like poisoning somebody. That's now, different. I will be curious to see how they thread this needle um, yeah, when curious. it comes to clearly dangerous infectious diseases, because what's the authority that is supervising and maintaining jurisdiction in the Old Testament when it comes to something like leprosy? Is that the civil government or was that the ecclesiastical authority look, in those like cases? So that, mm, I'll be yeah. curious to see how they navigate that because that's a public pop, health issue. It pops up in the next one here. Oh, mm -hmm. look at that. Good job. Troy. Prescient once again. I ser <laughs> and no, no kidding. I did not look ahead. So let's see what they say. Number 17. We deny that the leprosy-related passages in Leviticus 13 and 14 can be construed to teach the general principle that civil government has unqualified and legitimate jurisdiction over managing public health. Unqualified jurisdiction, I think, is, is the key yeah. here. And, I don't think and I'm peeking ahead now because I learned just now I should maybe do that. And they're going to say more in the next one. But I would agree with this one, and I'm going to strongly disagree with the next one. So um, hmm. they have they have a... A broad statement here and then they narrow it down specifically so the broadness so, you're okay with the so narrow yes you think so they what, narrowly define what they're saying wrong. what they're saying here is that the passage talking about leprosy cannot be used as evidence that the civil government can just manage everything to do with health with no restrictions and no limits and I, yeah, I agree with that that it needs to be limited based on what scripture says um, so uh, that's kind of like saying the government can punish murder therefore it can make anything a crime and punish that well, no like murder <laughs> specifically, right? So okay. that I agree with. Now, the way they're going to define it in the next section, which I did read ahead, I don't agree with. So you can keep that in mind as you read it. Okay. Let's go ahead. And let me see where this begins and ends because, okay, I misspoke in the very, I think the very first uh, show we did in this series, I, I mentioned, I think it was Article 5 was kind of long. I said, this might be the longest, this might be the longest one. It spills over onto another page as, as I printed it out. This is number 18. I disagree with it just because it's long. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just on principle. <laughs> yeah, come on. These guys got to get into like the Twitter world where everything's 280 characters or less. Come Not on anymore. here. Ever since ever since Elon Musk took over X, now there's unlimited, or it's a lot longer now at least. Oh, yeah. Something like I think I think characters. if you're willing to like pay for the special extra Maybe. bennies, I think if you're mm. just a regular slug, I think you're still limited to, oh, okay. originally it was 140. Right. And now I think it's 280 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I don't know. How, I wasn't on Twitter when it was 140. It was, it was, it was too pithy. It's impossible <laughs> to say anything in 140. We're talking words, characters. Right. Like there's, it's impossible. Spaces included. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and, they were trying to encourage better vocabulary. You know. Longer, no. Well, I think words, what ended up happening, and... it developed a, a horrible vocabulary because now there's all this weird jargon vernacular that is really Twitter language that has gone into the mainstream, and it's like it's not English anymore. But anyway. Number 18, <laughs> we affirm that these leprosy passages are related, this is an affirmation, we affirm that, they're, that they are related not, so it sounds like a denial there, but not to the spread of biological contagion, but, so here's the affirmation, of ceremonial uncleanness, as is evidenced by numerous factors. First, even the man covered head to toe in white leprosy was declared clean and was permitted in the camp. Second, the stated reason for the general expulsion of lepers is the same reason given for the expulsion of those who touched a dead body or had a bodily discharge, not biological contagion, but ceremonial uncleanness, which defiled the camp before the Lord. They give some proof text here, by the way. They're back on track with the proof text. Good for them. Third, nowhere in scripture is leprosy described as being biologically contagious. This leprosy also afflicted houses and garments. Leprosy was not the same as modern-day Hansen's disease. Fourth, in order to prevent belongings in a leprous house from being declared unclean by the priest, the owner was permitted to empty the house of his possessions before the priest arrived. Turning the page. For inspection. Preventing biological contagion through sanitation, Burning of objects was not in view here. The ceremonial practices associated with the now defunct Levitical priesthood have been made obsolete by Christ's greater priesthood and cannot be credibly invoked as providing civil government with jurisdiction over public health. So before you get into your you know, lawyerly defense of what you said before, I just want to say, in disagreement with David, because it's so long... I have no choice but to agree with it. So, but what? You... <laughs> we are at an impasse. <laughs> well, from the last line, you probably uh, know some of where where I come from. Yeah, your problem must come at the end, Daniel. It's actually no. I, I I agree. I disagree with almost the entire paragraph, almost every single point there. I completely well. disagree with, and um, and so, but but. Yeah, that, that whole thing about the ceremonial practices are now defunct. Well, I don't agree with that. I think to what extent you can point to something as being ceremonial in Scripture, it would still apply to uh, the believer today as something that does please God. Um, doesn't get you to heaven, but does please God, and we should endeavor to do those things. So the gist of their argument but, is saying it's, it's not medical in the Old Testament, and you're saying that, and that their premise is flawed. It was yes, medical. Yes, And it was because it was a dangerous, contagious disease, yes. and people... Mm -hmm. and, and what is your scriptural reasoning? That those entire passages, I I I am in shock that you can read these people. Apparently, can read. Are you appalled? Are you shocked and appalled, or just shocked, shocked and appalled? Okay. That um, <laughs> and and, and in, in general consternation <laughs> that the, the, somebody could read these passages and come up with something other than these are clearly contagious diseases that are being talked about. 
um, like leprosy. What, what is the reason that the the white man covered in head to toe in white leprosy was declared clean? Because the disease has already run its course. You can't. It's no longer contagious. It, the skin is all dead and, and falling off. There's nothing else to to spread. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the disease specifically was. I, I tend to agree. Probably it's not the same as modern day Hansen's disease, but there was some kind of thing where there 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 was a contagious uh, thing that was spreading, and that was the whole point of leaving out is so that it did not spread. And they're saying they're saying we know that it wasn't a contagious disease because uh, this same reason is for dead bodies and bodily discharges. Well, yet those contain germs. That's why. Right? Wash your hands after touching a dead body. You know why we wash our hands in hospitals now after touching dead bodies? It's because a doctor read numbers and said, oh, maybe we should do this. And so he started doing it. And that's when they discovered germs. And the doctor, he, he, his ward was uh, the, the mother's um, birth, uh, you know, giving birth. And the doctors would come to that after touching the dead bodies. And he noticed that his patients were all dying. And so he required them to wash their hands before they came in. And lo and behold, the mother stopped dying, and they, did, they didn't like that, so they kind of threw him out of, of the hospital. So it was a while before... He died a broken man, by the way, because everybody thought he was nuts. And, but, but that's... Which but is really crazy. It wasn't, ju it wasn't just... <laughs> he, he, I mean, it's because... I, I don't remember whether it was like specifically because he had read the Bible or whatever, but it, clearly that biblical precedent has a biological and medical application, and I think that is the primary reason for the command to be unclean, to wash your hands after touching a dead body. Same thing with body, bodily discharges. What is the primary reason that there are biological diseases today? Sin. Okay, and why do they take the form of things that spread? Why did God ordain that they do that? I don't know that you would want to say that God ordained... Uh, sin. Why did God ordain that, that diseases uh, would do what they do after sin entered the world? Why did... Well, answer the question. <laughs> Sounds like you've, you've, you've thought of an answer. <clears throat> no, I just just the question. Okay. Yeah, I, by the way, I wouldn't put it as God ordaining it. That's, that's kind of my problem with answering the question. I don't, I don't think it's, I think yeah, it's that's, a faulty premise. I think that's a basic theist answer though it's not even a christian answer i think any theist would say that god foreordains all anything that comes to pass otherwise he's not sovereign he's so there's different ways to understand what the or what god's ordaining means but if he didn't ordain it that means it happened outside of his control right. so i think i, I think I, it's a basic I, theist I, 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 i'm saying that the the consequences of sin were were determined by god god determined what those would be how they would work how they would affect people Mm -hmm. Right. And so, uh, so, so I think that, that the reason that it's so closely, that, that the ceremonial uncleanness and all of those laws, uh, I would say, okay, so they, yes, I mean, we can, with modern medicine, uh, we can look back and say, okay, yes, so there were, there were um, biological un uncleannesses, right? And mm -hmm. so God was uh, through, you know, had, uh, yeah, through through his instructions to the Israelites was um, both 
I, I would say both protecting them uh, physically, like from the natural world, but it was it, it was in order to instruct them of the the spiritual realities. Right, I, I, agree with that. I would agree with that. But I, I'm, my point is that you can't make the case saying this is not about contagious disease spreading. Well, of course it was. The whole point of putting them outside the camp, then they can't spread it to others. <clears throat> okay. And, and they're maybe in masks. They put a covering on your upper lip so you're not coughing may, on people. And, and, and Could it be both disease. and they, they just overplayed their hand? That there are instances where, Daniel, you're right and they just didn't address that, but there's also some I, ways of thinking I, about I, this where it's not I think the point contagion. that they're making here is that the primary the primary point of those laws was uh, was to instruct Israel. I, I mean, the, the primary point of, right, the, the reason that God has, you know, that, that God ordained that the, that the curse would have the effects that it does and the way that it would affect us would be to instruct us of the pervasiveness, destructiveness, right, of sin. Well, right, but, but what they're saying is not a matter of primary or secondary purpose. They're saying it had no biological purpose at all, and I think that's just wrong. There clearly was contagious disease that they were, God was explaining how not to spread it, and that is wrapped up in touching a dead body and, and so on, and they're trying to say, and then they're talking about leprosy affecting houses. Yeah, clearly they're talking about molds. When it says leprosy affecting the house, there's some kind of mold that's growing, and the, the whole point of moving the possessions out is so you can see the rest of the wall to see if it's spreading on the wall or whether it's just a, a stain, and the priest's going to come in and say, oh, okay, but to, it's just a stain. But to the, but to the Israelite, it didn't have to do with biological contagions. How do you know? I, because I don't think that they had that understanding. Oh, I think they surely did. There was all sorts of medical knowledge and, and uh, um, you know, what they call now homeopathic or natural medicine stuff that was very well known for thousands of years that we're only now starting to rediscover some of these things because we've had, quote, unquote, modern medical science that, you know, I think certainly they they had a lot of understanding of how diseases progressed and how but, they worked. But that wasn't that wasn't the biblical emphasis. Like in the law, that's not the emphasis. It was unclean, and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to burn it or destroy it. And if the clay pot has has mold going on it, you can't clean it, so you're supposed to destroy it. It 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 explained what to do, what the remedy was to make it clean. That's I, I think. Uh, you, you know, becoming clean is is a, is a very important uh, distinction, and you're both spiritually and physically clean. And God is making the point that He wants us to be physically clean, take care of our bodies, and so on. So, but again, whether the what the purpose was doesn't really matter. The the point is there is precedent for the government, uh, or what I I would agree actually if if Troy they had disagree with this passage applying to the civil government by saying, oh, well, the church is supposed to do this. I, I, w I, would, I would think that's, that's actually you, you reasonable. Would, you said this, this is more the ecclesiastical authority. Yeah, and that is, their, that is the point. I mean, they're building this whole case to get, get to the, the, the crux of the matter for this article, article number uh, 18 for those reading along at home. Uh, the idea is that it's not the civil government, it's not the judges, it's the priest. It's it's the it's the Levitical priesthood, right? And then they're saying that's been made obsolete because Christ now has the greater 
priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. All right. And so it's not about but, the civil government. So, they don't have jurisdiction over this. That's the point so, they're making. They, they didn't get there in a way that you like, but do you agree with the, so, the point? And if so, how else would we articulate and try to prove no, that point? I, I would say that the government... Uh, the ecclesiastical authority and the and the civil government authority are and should be wrapped up in one. I don't believe in the separation of church and state. We talked about that a few me, uh, several weeks ago in the theonomy discussions. So no, I don't think that has any relevance. I do think that there, I, I would I would not apply these leprosy passages to what ended up happening in 2019 uh, or sorry 2020 2021. I would not apply these passages to by those things that happened by and large the mandates and things particularly because it went beyond what was prescribed. There's a talk about masks, cover your upper lip. When you're symptomatic, there's talking about go outside the camp. When you're symptomatic, when you're showing signs that you had this disease, not when you've been exposed. And it does talk about, oh, if you've been exposed, wait a little bit and then come back. But it doesn't, there's no precedent for wholesale making everybody sit in their houses and then walk around covering everything so they don't interact with society. That is how I would take it. That's how the, the tack I would and take it. And I don't want to reenact the, uh, the theonomy discussion because we did like five shows on that. And I, and I would commend them to you. I think those were uh, educational and interesting and kind of freewheeling fun shows to listen to for that matter as well. But I think there was a, uh, an interesting array of, uh, of, of opinions and of, of approaches all of them friendly to the general concept of law and order and, 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 right. and theonomy, but there were different gradations. So, but I, so yes. I don't want to reenact that now. Yes. But your view on that is like there's in in the ideal world there wouldn't be this separation between church and state. But what what would be the position that we should take in the situation we find ourselves in now, where there is a separation? You know, the the United States government is not. The church, I would argue, it's not even remotely Christian or, or biblical in any shape, way, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what do we do in that reality? When we select whose jurisdiction? So, if the church and the state are are to be one, but if they are separated, then whose ultimate responsibility? Or can that answer not really be arrived it's, at? It's really difficult um, because you have the you have both of them trying to take roles that maybe jointly shared. I mean, the, the whole idea in this passage in, in Leviticus, whatever you can say about the reason for doing it, there's no question that when the priest decreed that you were unclean, the civil government was going to make sure if you refused to go outside the camp, you were going to get booted out, right? Like, you couldn't say, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not unclean. The judge is going to throw you out of the camp, right? The priest has declared you unclean. You're going to be unclean. Right. Uh, we would assume that that's how at least it doesn't, the, not the, a lot of the, examples the, given. That the, the civil authority would, would back enforce, up the priestly authority exactly. in this sort of situation right. and vice versa the priestly authority presumably would back up the civil authority there wasn't this idea of oh you're escaping from you know this thing oh, i claim sanctuary inside the catholic church which is what people have done in a lot right. of places right that that whole thing well they, really, they, they would agree but they would perform different functions right and, and and so that that's that's i think it's hard because the there is such a separation in our society and i don't think it's a good thing um, but I, I think it's reasonable for those in authority over the society in general to enact certain uh, of these uh, requirements. And I, I think that um, just because the very reason that we're not there, – there is a separation. You know, one church is not having authority necessarily over people in a totally different state or part of the area, part of the country where the government maybe does. And so there is only one means with which to enforce some of those things. Now, I am against, by, by the way, these mass mandates and the vaccine mandates and all those things. So none of what I'm saying today is, is, is should be to cast doubt on that. <laughs> I just think the passages 
definitely does talk about biological contamination and spreading a disease. Well, the first uh, couple of uh, episodes we did on the Warrington Declaration, we averaged around eight articles per show. This <laughs> one we did three, but you know what? It's because they got this really, really, really long one here that we spent a lot of time on. So I told you I didn't like it. <laughs> I know, you might have won me over I don't know I might have to agree with you anyway so uh, we're going to pick up with uh, article number 19 on the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates Biblical Ethics and Authority next week Daniel Rasby's finally found one he didn't like we've liked it all pretty much up until now but he found one he's like nope I'm not giving up an inch on this one. Actually, David didn't like this one either. So we, and now I'm agreeing with David because he won me over. So the first one, none of us like. We'll we'll, we'll continue next week on the Faith Debate. Uh, find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Till next week, 167 hours from now. God bless.